0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entree Architect Podcast, Build Your Brand Podcast, ArchiSpeak Podcast, Spaces Podcast, and now Practice Disrupted and Troxel. All your favorite podcasts in one place. Gablemedia.com that's G-A-B-L-Media.com. Go listen and subscribe right now. Hello, my name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entre Architect Podcast where each and every week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 329, developing a new model for residential development with Trayvon Mathis. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, Gusto, easy online payroll, benefits, and HR built for modern small businesses like ours. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. And RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information details, BIM specifications, and much more at ARCAT.com. Trayvon Mathis, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here. Trayvon Mathis is an architectural designer and contractor based in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, let me read his bio from his LinkedIn because... I think that shares a little bit about who he is and and, uh, give you some idea of of where he's coming from. And I love it. My background is in architectural design and that is where my heart is. But I'm more than just a designer. Uh, I hope that my work can become integral part of everyday life for people who are affected by it. I hope to empower, enrich, and celebrate the things that make life worth living. That's my calling as a designer and the intent of my career. Um, I love that. I love it. Um, so that, that gives you sort of an idea of where Trayvon's coming from about a month ago, uh, when the protests about racism and law enforcement first started, um, ignited by the death of George Floyd, Trayvon, a member of our Entree Architect community, our, our private Facebook group, um, he posted, uh, a, a, a post in our Facebook group. He shared his experience with what was happening at the moment, uh, in Toledo which was happening all over everywhere. It was happening in every city, large and small and throughout the nation. We as a nation are in crisis. His city is in crisis. Our profession is in crisis. And uh, Trayvon reached out to our community of architects, his community of architects for support. And so I invited Trayvon immediately to join me that day to record a video because I wanted him to share in detail what was happening and, and what we as a community can do to help. Um, I encourage you to go watch that video. Uh, it's out over on our Entree Architect YouTube channel. Uh, even if you've already watched it, watch it again. We need to remember what's happening at that moment uh, because it's still happening, and it will continue to happen until we all come together and work together to solve the problems that we have as a nation. And we have a very long way to go, but that video will be a reminder. It'll be a reminder to all of us in the community that we need to stay focused and work consistently and continuously to fix the problems of racism in America as well as racism in our profession of architecture. But today I invited Trayvon to join me here at Entree Architect podcast, uh, because I want to know more about him. I want to learn more about him as a designer, as an architectural designer. Um, the video over on YouTube is intended to highlight and record that moment to help us better understand that, uh, we can work together and make things better. Uh, But today I want to focus on you, Trevon. I want to, um, uh, you've been working hard to make the world a better place. And I often say here on the podcast, focus on what you can control, right? And you've been doing that. So I want to share your story today on what's happening with you on what you've been doing to make an impact on the world, because I think you might be able to inspire us, you, the listener, to take action, to take action in your world, to make the world a little bit Better place. So, uh, Trayvon, I want to start with your origin story, like we do in every episode here. So, I'd love for you to go back to what inspired you to pursue architecture uh, and share that story from that moment to where you find yourself today.
1: Well, um, so a little bit of background. Uh, my dad was in the military, he retired from the military, um, made it very high up. What branch? Just the Army. Army, so, yep. Anything like that. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed a mixture of life, So I got to travel, I got to mix cultures, I got to see things from uh, multiple different perspectives uh, growing up and we, I started at a very young age. So uh, one thing that my parents kept reinforcing was, what do you want to be when you get older? That's the question, you know, everybody asks the kids that, what do you want to be when you get older? Right. And you know, as kids, we, we throw out whatever, you know, we say uh, firefighters, um, me personally, I want to be an astronaut, right? Yep. Me too. Uh, and I found out that I was afraid of heights, so I was like, ah, maybe, maybe not an astronaut. Maybe um, a firefighter. This, these are years apart, right? So I'm not a firefighter, but a, a jet pilot because we lived on an air force base. Um, and I was like, yeah, because that's not as high, so you know, maybe maybe that won't be so bad. And I was like, nah, high is high, so <laughs> I'm gonna switch. And I said, I right, chemical engineer, right? Because uh I wanted all I knew is I wanted to be in big corporate America. That that was the glamorous vision for me. Even at um, 10 and 11, I wanted to be in big corporate America. I wanted to be uh, an executive, and so I was thinking, you know, well, I could be a chemical engineer, and I could, uh, and I could be a mad scientist in this corporate world. So mad scientist was a big deal. And uh, right around the top during high school, about my sophomore year. Um, I was boxing at the time, and my boxing coach was really influential in um, in my professional life because he pushed uh, professional development over sports. So in order to box, you had to achieve high grades and think about your career and stuff like that. Well, he got me lined up with my local water treatment plant. And uh, so I shadowed them for a day, and I fell asleep standing up. It was... No, no, slice to the chemical engineers out there, but it was not the mad scientist I, I envisioned, and I was like, definitely not. So, uh, one day we were in a boxing camp. We were in San Pierre, Indiana. It's a small city with nothing but vacation homes. These rich, uh, big wig types—they have their vacation homes with the A-frame, glass front, everything yeah. on the front. I'm like, hey, coach, how can I get that? He's like, well, you can build it. Well, I took that literally. Um, and that's what started it. So after that, I joined my high school as architecture program. I won all of the regional uh, architecture design competitions. Uh, SSOE Group recruited me as a junior in high school. Um, some of you may know about SSOE Group, some of you may not. It's one of the larger firms in the country, it's international. Um, and I ultimately went to work for them at um, my freshman year of college. And from there, it's just been, um, it's just been a fight to get uh to to get to that architect level. But um in doing that, uh, I kind of, because of my background, first off, I love the design. I found out that I was a designer, that I was a problem solver. And that's what I see us as problem solvers. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people see us as these artsy big wig types, but I know what we really are. We solve the problem. We are the people that that you come to with the abstract issues. i worked for engineering firms, um, structural engineering firms, and mechanical engineering firms. I've worked for them all, and I can see the difference. I would not switch to engineering, even though the money's so good, because the problems that they solve um, are, are very static in nature, whereas ours are very much de- dealing with direct, the human condition. Yep. We are the problem solvers of our society. And um, so I just dug in and I kept digging. Uh, college, high school was a roller coaster, but it was all wins. College was a very up and down um, experience because I had to work through it. So I was working full time and school full time. So I didn't get the, the, uh, the live in studio and college experience that a lot of people got. Uh, but there was an entire other faction of people doing the same thing as me. So we bonded together. And we were kind of like rebels, you know, <laughs> we had to do all lot stuff. So we, we fought hard and college was tough, but we made it through. And uh, by the end of college, um, I had actually had two kids on the way. And um, they made me understand that it's now or never to start my own operation. SSOE was the best company I've ever worked for. They were great. Um, they were inclusive they had projects all over the world. I did big projects. I did small ones. It was great. Uh, they didn't tackle the local issues though. It was more so for corporations, Honda, Toyota. And I wanted to get, I wanted to get right down to the mom and pop, to the community level, development level stuff. Um, so I broke off and I started Savannah and that has been a very uphill battle for the last three years. I've been doing that. Um, but, we built it, and it's coming along. Um, my time in Italy—I I lived in Italy, I lived in Oklahoma, I lived in Toledo. I traveled all over Europe. I got to see how all of these different societies exist and come together. And now I'm here, and I'm looking at our American society, and I can see the influence of of how our how our country developed. You know, I can see the industrialization at its roots from the gridded. Um, from the gridded uh, blocks of cities um, versus the organic kind of flow of the streets. I can see the community orientation of the European um, states and cities versus ours, whereas, you know, it's more individualized and isolated. And I can see the cultural differences on, on both sides, you know, um, from the African-American community to, um, to the Polish community, on the, we, have, we have an entire Polish community on the east side of Toledo. Um, we, I can see it all. I can see how all those cultures have intermixed, and I can see the influences. And I'm excited to dig in and make a difference in that and change um, the way we live for the better. So, um, yeah, that's my origin story, man. And it's, it's, been a, it's been a wild, fun ride, and it's never stopping.
0: So three years with Sadea. It's S-A-V-A-Y-N, right? Yeah. So if people want to go look, the website is savayn.com. ncom um, which is great to get a little short little .com name like that. That's hard to do. Um, tell me a little bit about and what it is, and what you want it to be.
1: Um, so Savaean, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, should I start with the name?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to know where the name came from. <laughs>
1: So uh, when, I, when I graduated college, I was, I think we all kind of do what I was thinking about my manifesto, okay? My, uh, the thing that was going to make me the famous architect yep. one day. And um, for me, uh, division is a big theme in my life. Uh, division, even though I've experienced so many different cultures, um, the reason I got on here is because the division in the country, the division... Mm-hmm. Uh, in the community, it, it's division is everywhere and it just doesn't make sense because when we design, we're also divided. There's so many different design things happening. And um, so I kind of wrote this this five-minute video in which I talked about how we have, I think the, the DNA difference is like 99, there's like 0.1 difference yeah. between my DNA and your DNA. Okay. Yeah. Um, across the board. And while that has big impacts in uh, phenotype things like, um, you know, our skin color, maybe our eye color, ultimately we are the same organism still. The idea that we have to have a similar environment, there's a common environment that we all thrive in because we're still human beings. We're still the same or we're still the same uh, species of, of, of animal. And with that in mind, if we design, if we find that common ground, we should be able to design, come up with a theme of design that is pleasurable to the majority of the population, okay? Um, so I've taken a scientific approach to design and community. So I dug very deep into anthropology. Anthropo- I can't say the word, anthropo- anthropology. Yep. Um, I dug very deep into that. And with all of the information that we had, I guess the the ideas that we all came from the African savannah and then we branched off. What took millions of years for us to, I'm an evolution. I believe in evolution, by the way, many people disagree, Um, but there's, there's parallels, even if you want to speak biblically or through your religion. um, But the idea is that we, we came from a central location and we branched out. Uh, It took us millions of years to evolve or arrive at where we say, we started from where we consider, our, consider ourselves homo sapiens. So, uh, and then our recorded history is like a little skip of that. It's literally like... Yeah, is a grain
0: of sand. Yeah. You
1: know, so we have not had time to evolve any enough differences to actually uh, stray from this idea that if we can find that common uh, environment being beneficial for most people. And that's what Savannah, Savannah, means. It means from the Savannah and it's a play on words. It means that we are all similar. We are all of the same kind of human being. There's not very much that separates us. We're all Savannah. Um, so that's where Savannah came from. I love that. Yeah. It's good. Right. It's a long wordy thing. I'm trying to like get it, crunch it down, but there's a lot to pack into that. And that's the thing. Um, and as far as our design philosophy goes, um, we, we started off as a design group, um, and, and we were not architects. So we would contract underneath architects. And I have some phenomenal architecture uh, ar- architects in the area who mentored me and who stood behind me, who, who let me um, be underneath them and do this work, uh, obviously according to legal guidelines. Right. Right? Um, and so we start off with design and then we realized like, man, we, we can design all we want, but we still have to get it built, right? Um, and so then we were like, okay, well, maybe we need to take that next step over. Uh, so Savannah started three years ago we had a good run and we got a lot of clients and stuff but we couldn't generate the capital that we wanted to to make the change that we wanted to make which I'll get into next so we jumped over to the contractor side as well so you start
0: you started in in design so you would yep. you would work with people to help design projects and then work with architects to make those things yep. uh happen and then and then you would hand those off to a contractor and they would build it yep that's originally what was happening
1: mm-hmm. Okay. And as architects, you all know um, the fees behind the, con- the the construction side is astronomical. You know, while we're fighting for ten percent of the construction fee, you know, they're cleaning up the rest. Uh, yeah. And I mean, for good reason, they have a lot of liability going on. There's a lot of stress behind it. Uh, but there's a uh, there's a lot left on the table on the other side. So if I could bring those two together, then we can really with with minimum with a lot less money we can bring this vision that i have together and so let's talk about the vision um surveying is going to keep evolving we went from designer to contractor and we're going to evolve into a family incubator Uh, what does that mean we have a program we've been trying to push with the city the city has uh, responded but uh we didn't have the resources to move forward fully um but the Savannah housing project is our ultimate goal. Okay. And you're going to see health, you're going to see hospitals doing this model. Just know I, I beat them (laughs) to you. You invented it. So, um, so,
0: so it's called the Savannah housing Housing Project?
1: project. Yep. And so the question asks, what if a lot of the hardships in our individual lives for people trying to start up, get established. A lot of it is because, of rent, um of just trying to make enough money to live while pursuing happiness. It's a it's a conundrum. It's tough. Someone on a minimum wage just can't make it. Okay. Yeah. They have to do with someone else. Uh landlords do stand to make a decent a decent profit. There are complications with that. But I figured out a way that we can landlords can still make money. I Me mean, landlords being surveying at this time as a developer. Um, we will build these units for people in their different phases of life. So our first house is a 20 by 20 foot two-story small unit. It has everything that everyone would need. Uh, a a single person would need to live in it. Maybe a single person with a significant other. No kids yet. You would pay the market value for the rent on that on that unit, and there would be three to a lot because it's smaller. So you have a small community. Uh, but that market value rent. Gets divided. So a portion goes to Savannah as the landlords, of course. But then a portion of those profits, uh, because let's say um, after you take care of your maintenance fee and your, and your taxes on a housing unit, right, the rest can be free and clear profit, you know, if you don't have people servicing these things. But if you do, then that's in the maintenance fee. So you've got, you've got this going on, and you've got a, you've got a margin there for profit. Well, we're going we're gonna to sacrifice our profit. We're going to lead by example. We're going to cut that profit in half, and we're going to give it back to the tenants. Um, so the first way, uh, I had a client who wanted us to design hydroponic units. We did. We designed, all, we designed hydroponic trailers and high, all kinds of hydroponic stuff, and um, then they didn't pay us. So we, we took the designs and we, we said, okay, we have this here. So the first thing would be pay for produce. So on every Monday, that individual in their unit could have enough produce to make it through to the next week. It's not that much money, actually. You know, um, I try a vegan lifestyle. I'm not saying these people will be vegans. But I, I know that you can survive on of a vegan diet if it's balanced. So even if they want to use that with ground beef that they bought, that's one huge uh, requirement for life that's taken care of, and that so, comes with your rent.
0: Trayvon, let me understand. So, so the food comes with the house. It does. Okay, yes. got it. Yep.
1: At, at the expense of Savan's profit.
0: So they're so they're paying rent. Yep. And from that rent, they're getting they're getting housing and they're getting enough food to survive. Right. Yep. They, could, they could buy more food if they want, but part of the the deal is that, that they're, they're being, you know, provided some food yep. and, and you're, you're doing that through taking y- your portion of the rent and redistributing it. So th- it becomes part of the business model. They get, they get food as part of their, their rent. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, then to further extend that um, there's one other thing that we can do, and that is what we call rent return. Um, so if you go to school, if you're if you're going to college, or if you're starting a nonprofit organization, or if you're starting a business, as long as you have those documents and are moving forward and showing progress, we return a percentage of your rent outright. So um, mind you, we still maintain a, a small profit margin. It's not a lot. We're not in this for profit because that's not what Savannah was started for, but. Um, we do get some return from it, but the bulk of all these things are paid for by the rent itself. So when you get this rent return, it's, it's supposed to be a three-year program because for this first housing unit, the small one, because that's the, that's the life cycle of people, right? You graduate college or you go to college and you spend three or four years in there. As soon as you get out, you're ready to have kids. And when you're at that level, we'll have another unit that's bigger. And this becomes a way of life right? This becomes yep. a different way of life. And, um, so you've got this rent return coming back to you at me starting a business. If I could get a hundred dollars back for my rent, that would have bought cards, that would have bought my website, that would have bought, uh, my lunches, that would have bought flyers. It would go miles for an entrepreneur starting up. Yeah. So, um, so this becomes a way of life. This focusing on the person, the, the consumer focusing on the person who's renting. Uh, Savannah will become a company that stands behind you, and later I'll I'll talk about how this ties into being an architect and how how you guys can how you guys can follow suit and still be profitable. <clears throat> but in any event, um, as we incubate this family, this family then returns uh, by you know they pay their normal rent. They're not going to be in school forever, so the rent return goes away. You still make profit off the house. They have a better way of living. Um, and, and there are, there are multiple facets to this plan, but the big thing is making that difference is if as architects, the problem solvers for community, we are community, then, uh, then things start to look different. So that's, that's the, that's the crux of it. And that's the, that's the, the big end off for Savannah. Savannah will step back from, uh, even being just a contractor and become a developer outright. And because we're the contractor and designer now in Toledo, you don't have to be an architect to build houses. Um, a house, for example, for the small unit would probably cost me $20,000 to $15,000. Okay. Um, that's a fraction of if I hired a contractor to do it and you know, so that's that's how we're gonna work it out. We can't have loans uh, weighing down this program. It has to be self-sustaining. So it's very hard to do this unless you're both, unless you're the designer and, yeah. and uh, contractor.
0: Week after week, episode after episode, you hear me talk about some great companies who provide outstanding products and services to help us small firm architects build better businesses. Gusto, FreshBooks, and RCAT have been dedicated supporters of the Entree Architect community and this podcast for years. Every episode, I ask you to check them out and thank them for supporting us. Because with their support, we've been able to grow this podcast. And in turn, we've been able to grow the Entree Architect platform, serving the global community of small firm architects, like you. So today, I want to stop and thank you the entree Architect community for supporting them, our loyal platform sponsors. And I want to ask you to make an extra effort this week to connect with each sponsor, Gusto, FreshBooks, and Arcat. Using the links that I'll share in a minute, you can find their contact forms and thank them. I mean like literally thank them because as the economy shifts and slows, marketing budgets are shrinking companies are going to need to choose where they spend their marketing dollars. And we want them to spend them here with us, supporting the Entree Architect community. So let me take a little bit of time here and share a little bit of information for each sponsor and the link for for where you can connect and then pause this episode right now and connect with each sponsor. Gusto, FreshBooks, and RCAT. Small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and let's face it, we all need some help with our payroll and taxes. Gusto is making it easy so we can focus on being architects. So give Gusto a try for free for three months. The link to give Gusto a try is entrearchitect.com slash Gusto. That's the link to connect and say thank you for supporting Entre Architect. Visit entrearchitect.com slash Gusto today. FreshBooks wants you to know that you're not alone. FreshBooks has been supporting small businesses and solopreneurs and specifically, they've been supporting us here at Entre Architect podcast for years. They know what it's like, how lonely it may be working from home. They know what it's like when times get tough. And they know that right now, as we all face this crisis together, as a global community, we all need to do our part. So FreshBooks is responding and offering an unprecedented offer. Now, when you join FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software, you will receive 60% off for six months. 60% off for six months. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks, entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and enter entrearchitect in the how did you hear about us section. Don't forget to do that. That's 60% off their regular price for six months. So visit entrearchitect.com FreshBooks, sign up for that 60% off, then go find their contact form and thank FreshBooks for being such a long time loyal supporter of entre architect. That's entrearchitect.com/freshbooks. As you and your team are working from home, are the logistics of putting together a project daunting when no one is in the same room? Arcat has a solution for you, and it's free. Arcat's Sharelet allows you to manage projects and specification documents online with multiple team members. Discuss products, configurations, outline specs, project photos, documents, and so much more all on one page, along with the ability to access product information, specifications, CAD, BIM, and the patented spec wizard from anywhere in the world. Charette can help your firm get more done, no matter where in the world you might be. You can even promote your firm's project when you're done. And like all of RCAT's solutions, it's completely free to use. So check it out right now at entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. That's entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, A-R-C-A-T, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. And don't forget to thank RCAT for the years and years of their support for the Entree Architect community. So thank you, the Entree Architect community, for supporting them, our loyal platform sponsors, Gusto, FreshBooks, and RCAT. Let's t- let's talk about the funding of it. So you said that th- you don't want you don't want the loan because you don't want the debt, right? Right. And so, what's your plan for funding it? How do you get that first one built?
1: So we are a full service contracting and design group. So we are taking regular projects just like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some, whereas say for example, you as an architect, maybe you have a charity that you donate to, maybe give a thousand, two thousand um, dollars. A year as a tax shelter or something like that. Not as a tax shelter, but you get the tax. Yeah, donation. Yeah, A lot of of people do it. Um, We'll just do that. So yeah, we still have to pay the taxes. uh, So you're
0: going you're going to 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 work as a contractor and a designer, build a build a strong business there that's profitable. Take the profits from that business and invest in this in this idea. So just build a build a a fund so that fund grows and over time you have enough to execute on this on this project
1: right so uh there's now there's multiple facets to it we talked about for example food and produce um we can set up our own hydroponics you know on on one lot you know and the tenants take care of it maybe for more rent return and things like that that's possible uh but to be honest produce is cheap enough that with very minimal money i can I can just buy it from the local market. I can get it from local farmers. It can be organic. We can change the, the mission of Savannah is to change what it means to live and be alive. And with that being said, don't you think that live don't you feel the difference in what your life could be if only your landlord felt like this? Um, yeah. this is very much a philanthropic endeavor i don't expect people who um who are who are very driven for um, for high profits i don't expect them to adopt this model that's not what this is about <clears throat> um that's not what it's for there's room for profit as much or my, or as little as you want to give but the idea is to to start something different you know, we're in a capitalist society so the second one uh, the second there's an option like this on the market and it's big enough other uh rents renting companies and landlords are gonna to have to follow suit more or less, or else people are just not gonna rent from them. As we continue to grow and we have on a lot, we have three units and we have and lots are cheap in Toledo. And we have, you know, four or five units, four or five lots. And we can, we can suck up all of the residents and things like that. Um, Renters are landlords are gonna say, well, okay, you know, hey, we're just as good as them. We also offer produce we're not going to offer you everything they're offering you, but we also give you produce, you know? So that's, that's the impact that we're trying to have. Um, and we just want to lead by example. Uh, I'm, I don't come from money. I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, I'm, I've always been down in the dirt uh, fighting it out. And I actually, I get a rush from that. This is my lifestyle. I'll be fine. So if I don't make profit hand over fist, if I make enough to be comfortable, that's fine for me. But later, you know, the ripples from this, that's the real reward. And for those people who are like that, who are like me, this is me speaking to you. You know, just do it. I mean, you know, just do it. Um, you can make that change and understand that we're in a capitalist market. If you offer something that makes someone's life better, they'll go for it. They'll line up. There'll be a waiting list. And then other, once you can reach capacity on that, other renters will follow suits to offer an equivalent product on the market.
0: Yeah, I mean, once you have a successful development and it's working, um, you will you will influence the market. Other markets will do similar things in order to compete with what you're doing. And so you will influence the whole market. Other people will start doing it as well. Are there, are there models uh, similar to what you're talking about with rent return and, and food and all of that? Is there any, are there any other models that, that, that you can look at that are doing similar things?
1: I don't, I don't know of any that don't mark up the rent as well. Because um it's very uncommon. I maybe there are some who are nonprofits. profits. I I'm not gonna say that there aren't any like this. Yeah. That's that would that would likely end up in me being a liar. What I am saying is um they it's it's tough to find people who can who will who would volunteer to do these things and not mark up the rent as well. Yeah not treated as an amenity, right? So it's amenity, so hey, paying an extra $300 a month, and look, now you get free food and you get a gym. We're saying as just as a condition of living, because I'm responsible for your living environment, you're entitled to these things. And I'm not marking it up. So whatever the market value is for this area, uh, for example, so, so this unit, I could pr- in my area, I could probably rent it for $500 a month. Okay. Um, that's not a huge amount of money, but from that $500 a month, we're talking about a maintenance, of maybe setting aside a hundred dollars a month. Uh, we're in, in the areas that I'm looking at, the property taxes are $2,000 a year. So, you know, you break that down, that's what somewhere around a hundred and I think $50 a month or something like that, you know? So, You've got two hundred fifty dollars a month in maintenance fees, and maybe maybe say maybe say three fifty just just for the heck of it, just to have a maintenance guy driving around or something like that handling these. And you've got three units to a lot. Um, that's fifteen hundred dollars total income. Um, total expenses uh, three fifty is like. Not a thousand. So you've got five hundred dollars free and clear profit that you can play with that you can take from yourself or that you can give back. Um if you could buy these produce things in bulk and stuff like that, you'll probably you could probably cut half of that income and um and still take two hundred dollars home. But I don't this is why my my business has three legs to it, because the renting is not the main profit source. There right. are other ways that we can proliferate profit from this situation. You know, we can, uh, I mean, I, I have, I have a friend, I have contacts with a furniture manufacturer, a food, uh, a restaurant who's trying to, you know, start up his, his uh, food truck first. So we've got other ways that you can, that you can generate profit from this community of people. But Starting off, I mean, you can be solid. and You can just do a good thing. You can have a small extra amount of income coming in. And uh, I don't know if it's worthwhile to you personally. Like I said, this is very much a philanthropic endeavor. I don't imagine walking in a bank and telling them, hey, we're, gonna, we're pretty much going to give eh, 50 to 75% of our property <laughs> back to our tenants. So can we have this loan? they look at me like I'm crazy I'd also not go to an investor because they'll
0: say, yeah, no. Yeah. Different priorities. Right. Right. But you could, you could set up the, um, the development company as a separate nonprofit company and keep the, keep the architecture and contracting as a for-profit company that then donates to the nonprofit. So, so right. So you can build, build the architecture and, and the contracting business, into a thriving business, and then taking you can take all the profits from that company and mm-hmm. and um, donate it to the nonprofit that helps fund the nonprofit. Then then tax wise, you end up uh, in a much better place. Then you, you also may be able to get some loans if you wanted them, um, and you may be able to get grants through the nonprofit in order to uh, to help fund it as well. And grants they give you the money, and as long as you do what they they give you the money for, that comes you know, free and clear. And so there's, there there are a bunch of different ways that that idea can be funded. I love that idea. Um, I'm a jury um, member on the annual, um, Charette Venture Group business plan competition. And very often every year we get architects who submit business plans for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And my question always is how do you fund that nonprofit? And often it is You know, I'm going to do fundraising. I'm going to go out and ask for money and I'm going to do that. And, and that's a full-time job. You can ask anybody who runs a a nonprofit that that's a full-time job. And so very often my recommendation, I've never done this, but this is my, my thought on it is build a strong, successful business that's profitable. Mm -hmm. Then the profit is yours to do whatever you want with it. You can, you can go and spend it on new cars or new houses. You can spend it on, on the business and keep the business, you know, growing, or you can take that profit and donate it right? Um, give it away, do whatever you want with it. And so if you build a really strong business on the, on the contracting and and design side, you would be able to, which is exactly what you're saying you're doing. You're going to fund the other side, but if you keep them separate, then you have more flexibility on how you do that financially. So definitely, definitely a, a doable idea. I love the idea, What I love most about it is that you are taking control of the things you have control over, right? You're focusing on those things that you have control over. You have this skill, you have this design and contracting skill. You have a, a, a neighborhood that needs your assistance, needs your help, right? There are people out there that, that need your help, uh, who are take, being, taking, being taken advantage of, of the system the way it is. And you can p- provide an alternative to that. That not only helps those people, but then becomes a model for other developers who want to do similar things.
1: Yep. Um, and, I, and I share this openly for that reason, you know, yeah. um, there's, it's, it's not like I'm trying to own the idea. I mean, yeah. there, there's some creative people out there. I share this openly because you know I, I do a lot of things because of my kids. You know, I got, I, I, wonder like you know what, how hard is it? How happy will they be? You know, what is, what does happiness look like? How happy will they be? Will they be? Will they be? I, I personally was uh, subject to renting, right? So I rented an apartment. And the second one thing went wrong, the whole thing unraveled because my income wasn't, you know, $25, $30 an hour. Uh, I did have the benefit of a college education, so I have above average income. But a lot of people that I know personally are, like, struggling to find $12 and $13 an hour jobs. So I wonder, and I'm like, I wonder about the stability of their life. Style. You know, my car broke down. I am, I'm so, I've become so versatile for that reason. I can fix my own car, but yep. you know, a lot of people can't. A lot of people can't fix their own car. They break a leg. They lose a job. You have, you have three weeks. If you, if, if you if everything goes wrong on the first one, you have three weeks to fix your life, and that is crazy. That is crazy. So how can we? So what is that the kind of world I want my kids to have to choose from? And I don't, I don't, I don't want it for your kids. If you have kids, I don't want it for anybody's kids. I don't want it for anybody. This is not, yeah. uh, you know, we, we can, we are blessed as a country uh, to have, to have a, com- a relatively comfortable lifestyle. Um, but there's always room for growth. And we can keep pushing that narrative. We can keep pushing how coming together and making it better for the person next to you you know, because then the day, it's the golden rule, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I wish, I wish there was a program like that, that I could have joined in. I, I've been so happy. The happiest I've ever been, though, is actually, uh, believe it or not, um, not having any static residence. So not having to worry about rent. Uh, I gave up my car note, and I got, for the business, though, I gave up my car note, and I got a car, paid it outright, so I didn't have to worry about that you know so I don't have a car note and I didn't have rent and only thing I had to worry about was maintaining my personal connections with friends and family eating um and progressing through forward to my goal in life and I wish more people had that experience I wish rent wasn't I wish rent wasn't such an oppressive um situation and so Savannah we we've we picked that, we we targeted that, that monster and we're going to take it down a peg or two.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm inspired by you, Trayvon. I, I, um, I believe that many of the problems we have in our world are because people don't, uh, treat other people with respect and care. We don't love one another. Right. And we, we, we don't see one another as, as, uh, you know, as neighbors as one-on-one. Right. And, uh, and the only way all of the problems are going to be fixed in our, in our world is that we do start caring for one another. And what you're doing is exactly that you're looking, you're seeing that there's a problem in your neighborhood and you've taken the skills and your talents and your, and your, uh, knowledge, and you've come up with a solution to fix that. Um, and that's, that's what we all need to do. If we all do that, right? If we all look around and say, where are the problems? How do we solve those problems? And we as a community of architects, that is, our, that is our mission, right? Fix the problems. Go out and find the problems. One of my long-term goals with Entree Architect and Gable Media and Gable Technologies is to be able to network the, the brain power, the knowledge that we all have as architects mm-hmm. um, in our community. If we can build this community into tens and hundreds of thousands of people who, who have that creative ability that you have, um, imagine what we can do when we harness all of that on these problems that we have in our society, right? And so if we all look around and find the, the problems that we have come up with creative solutions like that, um, don't worry about how it's going to get paid for it, right? Just like you said, just go do it, just find the problem and then go attack the problem, fix the problem. And, and, uh, and yes, it'll be difficult and yes, there'll be barriers and yes, you'll fail here and there. But every time you fail, you learn what not to do. Right. And then you can do it a different way and you just keep going at it until it works. Um, if we all did that, the whole world would be better for sure. It may not solve all the problems, but we'd be in a much better place today. Oh, yeah. Um, and we, and I think the this, this society would shift if we started caring for one another. Right. We didn't just walk past the people who needed our help. We stopped and said, are you okay? Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I truly believe that's, you know, there's a lot of problems that we need to fix, um, but I really think it starts with ourselves, looking at ourselves and saying, well, how do we fix what we can fix in front of us?
1: Right. Um,
0: and then just keep going, right? Just keep moving forward uh, and making the next thing better. Um, so a, a very inspiring, Trayvon, a very inspiring. Um, anybody who's listening, who has knowledge in what Trayvon's doing, Reach out to him. Reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with him. Reach out to him. He's just Savant it says it's Savant, sav- it Savant, Savant, I said it right the entire time. Savant.com. It's S-A-V-A-Y-N.com. Uh, connect with Trayvon, and say, here's, here's some experience I have. This is, you know, these are, these are some of the things that, that I've done. You might be able to uh, apply with what, you, what you're doing over there. Um, and Trayvon, if there's anything else that, that I can do to help to get the word out, let me know. Um, before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you the one question that I ask everybody here. Uh, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I think, I think the small firm architect I think the first thing is, is outreach and marketing. Um, I, I have one of my closest, uh, mentors has recently branched off from being an employed architect to his own architecture firm. He's great. He's always, when I say he's always stood right behind me, he's always stood right behind me. Um, but he, he spent so much time working for himself. That he doesn't, uh, that he doesn't deal with the marketing and the technological side. A lot. Of, I read a book called The E Myth, um, and this is kind of like you read it. Good.
0: One of one of my favorites. Yeah, it's
1: one of it's one of my favorites. And uh, actually, two years ago, I shut Savannah down. I shut it down. Like, all our clients back off. I, I need to work on this. And I built my business back up from scratch. And to be clear, a lot of these small firm architects are doing light years more money than I am. So. I understand I'm standing on words of a more seasoned person myself, but this immediately has helped me come back and start landing projects left and right in both spheres, design and construction. Um, Read the book, E-Myth, get on top of your system and your marketing. Um, If if you're having trouble, as most of these firms have one or two people, and I already know you guys. You're sitting there with your Excel spreadsheet, and you're, you're you know, you're tracking your your interns' time, and you're, uh, and you're, you're managing projects from this this Excel spreadsheet dashboard that you have. I have one too. Um, I'll I'll throw a company out that can really get you together. It's Golem Analytics. They're making a dashboard for me, and what is it? What is it called? It's called Golem, G-O-L-E-M. Okay, analytics.
0: G-O-L-E-M Analytics.
1: And they, they streamline all that. They give you the whole package. I think, uh, I think that's where most small architecture firms need to start because managing your people, if you don't have something in place for that, that's another full-time job that you have to deal with, that you have to deal with. It's, it's either Excel spreadsheet or you're going to have a dashboard. Um, reach out to them. Let them talk to you. Uh, if you reach out to me and need to know more about them, I'll, I'll forward you on. I think that's the best thing you can do. If you want better business, take away all, this, all the, the fat from your business, you know? Take away the long nights and get your marketing together. Get, get it out there. Um, come up with a set schedule, maybe three ads or something like that. Reach out. Get into your community. Uh, in another podcast, I told her, we're you guys are still the rock stars, okay? I heard Architect, you say that. Yeah, yeah. The architects still have weight to throw around um they're just undervalued because we let ourselves be undervalued we don't make ourselves present in the community enough what we do are stem you know we do stem events, you know stuff like that but we're not we're not digging deep enough into the community and you'll find projects will come if you're just there if you're there at local events if you're there at your council meetings speaking on issues that matter to you and stuff like that lead i'm an architect I'm leading this community. This is my community. I'm gonna help build it, take control of that. Um, In the past, uh, we have been, we were the builders, we were the everything. But we've allowed our, well, not we, I'm not an architect yet, but we've, I'm gonna say we for the sake of the conversation. We are are a
0: community, Trayvon.
1: Right, right. We've allowed ourselves to be uh, pigeonholed and that's where, that's where you got to stop. If you're a small architecture firm, get out there and be that small architecture firm, tackling those small issues. But you can't do that if you're behind your desk fiddling with an Excel spreadsheet for three hours every night, you know, when you could be finishing a project or spending that time in outreach. That's your biggest thing. Uh, I've, I personally saw it from the architect I mentioned earlier. All of his clients have come from just being out there. So...
0: Yeah, I, I I see the influence of the E Myth revisited all over you Trayvon. <laughs> I see it in the, the shirt you're wearing. And- I see it in the logo. I see it in the website. I see it in the way you're talking. Um, it it is a it is an excellent book that I have recommended many times in the past. I think every not only every architect, absolutely every architect, but every small business owner should read that book. Um, the the E Myth revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, uh, Trayvon, you are going to be very successful. You are going to, and I know your priorities have shifted since you saw those glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, your your priorities are different. But I think that you may not want those houses anymore, but I think you will someday be able to buy many of them. Um, your heart is in the right place and you're, you are uh, moving in the right direction. And I believe you are the model that we should be pursuing, that that you look around and and you you build a strong, successful business through marketing and through sales, through understanding financial management, and then apply what you have. Uh, it's why I talk about profit then art. That's exactly what you're doing, Trayvon, is you need to build a profitable business that then, if your art is creating a development that provides food for people and gives money back, then that's your art, right? And so the way that art is, is um, it's funded. The way that art becomes uh, a reality is to build a really strong business on the other side that can help support that. Then you have all the control. Right? You have all the. You have no debt. You have no nobody that says that you can't do it. Right? You right. just go do it because now you have the the money, your own money, to do it. Um, and that's exactly what you're planning on doing. And so, uh, very inspiring. I appreciate you for coming here and sharing your story. Um, and if any, again, if anybody has any. Uh, uh, knowledge or input that you'd like to share with Trayvon as they as you are listening here, it's uh, Saveyan it's S-A-V-A-Y-N dot We'll have a link to his website on the show notes. Um, Trayvon, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for coming here and, and sharing your knowledge and inspiring us. Uh, and thanks for sharing your knowledge here today at Entree Architect Podcast.
1: That's was a great time, Mark.
0: You are listening to episode 329 of Entree Architect Podcast. If you would like to access the show notes with all the links of everything that Trayvon and I talked about today, you can visit EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 329. And while you're at it, go share that link with a friend, just one, just one friend, EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 329. If you have a friend who you think might want to hear this episode, and I think you do, entrearchitect.com slash episode 329 go send that link to your friend right now if you like this podcast i ask you to go visit our new home gable media at gablemedia.com subscribe to this podcast entre architect podcast and all of our other gable media shows including build your brand podcast Arcaspeak podcast spaces podcast practice disrupted with evelyn lee and janine chastain and our newest show Troxel, Evan Troxel's new show about technology and the future of architecture. They're all there. All your favorite podcasts in one place at Gable Media. Listen and subscribe today at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thank you for listening today. Have a great week.